Hello, hello. If um, oh, what a wonderful word. What is, what is that song? Oh. You've been singing that song all morning. It's from um, uh, a movie with Dudley Moore, mm. uh, Crazy People, where he gets put in a, a asylum mm. and he doesn't. He's not crazy. I do know the film you're talking about. Yeah. I'm sure it holds up to today's yeah. standards. Yeah, there's a guy that all he ever says is <laughs> it's hello. It's Crazy People yeah. for a start. Yeah. Could he- you imagine the outrage if someone called a film Crazy People? Set in an asylum in 2023. There might be one. There might be one already out there, but it's just uh, funny because, yeah, it's like a. Well, I um, think asylum is a bad word. I feel that, like we're treading in really dangerous. Are we going to get cancelled? all of a sudden. <laughs> Cancel me. I don't care. Cancel me from what? What are you going to take from me? Piss off. <laughs> God, what a fucking nightmare. But yeah, it's just everything he says is hello, hello, hello. What's your name? Hello, hello. My name, hello. And he's like a, um, what's he called? Like a Three Stooges kind of guy. Weird, like curly, looks like Curly from Three Stooges. Mm. Is this the first time we've done a podcast with just one dog? Uh, yeah, I think we talk too much about the dogs. There's a lot of dog People chat. love dog content. Mm, do they? Yeah, they love Jimmy. Well, Jimmy's here. What would, uh, does Jimmy have anything uh-huh. he's to say? <sighs> no. 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 He just wants to sit on me in the most uncomfortable manner. Like... He he's always like on guard, like oh yeah, what's happening? Like yeah. I want I want him to just lay on me and just relax, but he's sitting on me, so his two little paws can't. Hmm. He's not. He's not. He hasn't got any equilibrium. <laughs> he's, he's quite uncoordinated for mm. such a small dog. He's just a little cat. That's all. He's just a little pussy cat. Jim, have you subscribed to the podcast? No. Why not? Because. Because why? Because fuck you. That's why. <laughs> Uh, I'm so nervous. Oh, I'm anxious. Uh, go make me a fucking drink, cunt. Okay. All right. That's enough of that language. Oh, um, Jimbles. Why are you so grumpy? He's such a grumpy little shit. If he you could takes be, after his fucking dad. If you could be... Hey, hey. I thought we weren't going to bring personal stuff into the podcast. Mate, I only want to bring personal stuff into the podcast. Well, okay. Can we talk about our trip to barbecues galore yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about the trip to barbecues galore? I'm right. And then subsequent bunnings. I'm right. So you like, are so you are so not in a reality right now. It's crazy. What are you talking about? Listen, listeners, if you went to a shop mm-hmm. and it, the shop was called barbecues galore. Would you expect to be able to walk into said shop and buy a barbecue? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. I... Yes would be the answer. You would uh, 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 uh. you wouldn't expect to walk into barbecues galore and be told we don't have any barbecues for sale. You have to wait at least a week for us to get the barbecue in from somewhere else and then you can come back and pick it up. See, my brain would make sure before I went to a store to make a large purchase, I would make sure that the item was there before I even left to make sure that I could this is buy insane. said barbecue. This is insane. We had this argument last night. It wasn't. It was kind of a fun. I feel like it was sort of a fun argument. Mm. The, my equivalent to that is 
do I need to call Woolworths every time I want to go and buy milk? It's different. Grocery uh, shopping. Hello, Woolworths. I just wanted to make sure that you've got – I see on your website that you're selling milk, but I just wanted to make sure that you've got milk in the fridge before I come down and buy the milk that you say that you – Actually, the equivalent would be if you had a store called Milk Galore and then you got to the <laughs> shop and the person behind the counter went, oh, no, we don't have any actual milk for sale. We can order some milk in for you. It's different because groceries are different to large items. Like if I... (laughs) Who's making these rules? I just... It's not rules. It's just the way life is. Like if I need to buy something... you're saying this like it's a... Like everybody knows... Oh, yeah. No, if something's over 30 kilos, then it's not going to be in the store. It has to be ordered in from a magical place. (laughs) It's not... It's not everybody knows it. It's just people that think ahead and have foresight... We want to anticipate. Um, we want to anticipate our our time that we spend. Like I'm not. If I need something, right, I'm not going to drive around to four different stores until I find the exact. No, you go to the one store that says that they have the thing and buy it from there. If I was looking for, say, a particular type or shade of lipstick, right, I knew exactly what I wanted. I would go online first mm-hmm. and. I would see, make sure, like where it says, you know, in stock when you go to buy something online and you can do click and collect and stuff. Mm -hmm. I would make sure that the item is in stock before I go to the store. I'm not going to drive around to four different Sephora's finding the lipstick I want where I can just go online, find, okay, so it's at the Sephora that's further away from me. But instead of going to a bunch first, I'll go to this one because I know it's there. Okay. Here's a couple of counterpoints. Here's a couple of counterpoints to that. Uh, this is a four-burner gas barbecue. It's not an engagement ring. Like, and What's then the when, difference? Well, the engagement ring is made specifically for you. When I got your engagement ring made, mm-hmm. I, in conjunction with the jeweler, we mm. made it together. Nice. According to the, ah. my specifications. Ah. So if the barbecue was going to be engraved with, I love you so much, bub, make me the happiest man in the world, mm. then I could understand why there might be a five to six day delay on that. Mm. But there isn't. And even then when you go to pick up the barbecue, you've got to put it together yourself anyway. It's just a flat pack of stuff. Mm. I mean, It's not like it's there, they've got to assemble it and there's a whole bunch of stuff. I agree with you that... Why do you have a brick and mortar shop yeah. if you don't sell anything out of it? I agree what? with you. <laughs> That I think that a place like Barbecues Galore should have a plethora of boxes in the warehouse yeah. in the back where you go, can I buy this barbecue? And they go, cool, let me get it for you, meet you at the loading dock. I agree. Same with when you go to JB Hi-Fi. Most of the time, like all of those, you know, TVs and blah, blah, blah are there, you know. When I bought my fridge, it wasn't there at Good Guys. So I had to get it delivered, you know. So I understand that sometimes, but sometimes that will happen. Yeah, but something but it wasn't like, like good guys turned around and said, "Oh, we don't have any fridges here." No, they did. They said, "We don't have any fridges here. You have to go, like, you know, order the one in, and we'll get it in and get it delivered." Oh, did they really? Yeah. Well, that's fucking ridiculous as well. Yeah, but they can't just have fridges willy nilly lying around everywhere. They must have, you know, you got to. Why have don't a- you halve the space? of your giant stores and make that a warehouse so you've actually got stuff on hand to sell to people. Look, barbecues galore, I agree, because it's like you've got to assemble the barbecues yourself, so it should be in a box in the back. I agree. But my issue is is that I I would like to have known 
that that was their the way that the, if that's the way the barbecues glow want to do things that nothing's ever available you have to order it in fine i would have liked to have known that before we went there hmm. well, which we could have known they're bullshit it's bullshit the way they do things is bullshit. This yeah. new trend of going to stores and yeah. the stores saying, oh, no, we don't have anything here. Yeah. You have to get it ordered in is bullshit. But that's different. That's different to having something out of stock. So, I, if I'm going to buy something, I want to know that it's in stock before I go there. That's different. Barbecues Galore obviously have this system where they're like, we don't have anything in stock. You have to order it in. I would have liked to have known that before we went there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's not on me. That's on the shop. So, but I did say to you, make sure it's oh, there here we go. before we go. And you went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we got there, I was like, didn't you check? And you went, no. And I felt like you, I, I felt like I was not heard. Hmm. Hey, if you could live in any movie <laughs> world, oh. what world would it be? It would be what well, in a world like as in like uh, a story world. Like, a story would world. you go to Star Wars universe? Um, would you go? You go uh, onto the Enterprise. I feel like. Yeah, I think maybe I'd go Enterprise, but then the idea of being stuck in space kind of, you know, terrifies me. But I do like the idea that all the food that you want is in the little, <laughs> you know, like you can go computer, hot coffee, please, black. <laughs> Pros and cons. Yeah. Well, you would be floating in an inky abyss that goes on forever. Yeah. But yeah. There but is a machine that makes your coffee perfect. And they have like the they have the holodecks <laughs> where you can go in and go computer create nineteen mm. twenties you know um, flapper bar. Yeah. And all of a sudden it turns up and it's like that kind of you know. This is a question that comes up with Star Trek fans all the time. Were the crew jerking off in the holodeck? This is okay. I've thought about this because every time they go into the holodeck, they're like Sherlock Holmes or like yeah, like a bar, the, a western. Like it's always like these like genres. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, like is there like a is is the holodeck PG? Yeah. Like is the Star Trek is holodeck a, PG where you can't go in and go? Yeah. The is there a parent lock that only Jean Luc Picard can like unlock? And go adults only holodeck, like where you're like, make I it, want make it so, make it so, make make me come. <laughs> like I just want to know that I can go into like, is it a thing where I can go to a holodeck and go, holo- computer yeah, the, boogie nights? The line is, make it come, make it come, make me come. <laughs> no, make it come. He's pointing oh, at his know. dick. Oh, he's pointing at his dick. Okay, Jean Luc JL. Like it would need to be hosed down at the end of every day, right? Like people would just be jerking <laughs> off in there all the time. Yeah. Does this? Does the Enterprise have cleaners like guys in hazmat suits that are just like for the holodeck? Absolutely. Yeah. Just do mopping you, up cum in the holodeck. Do you have to put a tie on the handle when you're in there? <laughs> <laughs> do not disturb. Someone's got some weird bloody, um, you know, 11th century or some like weird Spartacus Roman sexy romp going on. Mm, yeah, having a threesome with uh, Julius Caesar and fucking Cleopatra. Yeah. <laughs> rub dub What does the tie mean? <laughs> what does the tie mean? Do not enter. There is a tie. Um, I mean, that's a good question, man. I think maybe, yeah, maybe uh, Enterprise. But then sometimes I like the, um, I like the kind of um, a Henry VIII type 
Elizabethan era, like you know, because I got uh, yeah. I got big boobies to put in a buxom you wedge do, thing. You do have big boobies, but I would yeah. like to have. That um, feels like a small reason to go to a hole. No, but I like the idea that I that every day yeah. is like okay, just like what do we do today? Okay. Stay warm, don't die, and make food. Pheasant hunting. Yeah, like it's just like there's nothing else to do. And I can go. I can just become a good piano player because there's no television or phones, so I can just play, try and learn the piano for the rest of my life. Like I feel like there's something very simple about the Elizabethan times, Mm. but I would need to have sorcery because if they tried to kill me because I was a witch or something or chop off my head, I would need to be able to protect myself. Yeah. Um, Okay. All right. What about you? <laughs> ah, easy. It's a cheat code. It would be a hard day's night. Uh, and then I'm in the Beatles. Yeah. I'd be the fifth Beatle, literally. <laughs> like just dumped in. It would be t- but 25-year-old me. And I've been working just on Just dumped in in a beautiful Savile Road suit, yeah. running down the street with yeah. the other four boys being chased God. by 14-year-old girls. And then bang, I'm in the Beatles. 14-year-old girls? Well, you don't sleep with the 14-year-old girls, but in a hard day's night, they're getting chased by a bunch of 14-year-old girls. Yeah. You just want to be chased by 14-year-old girls? <laughs> yes. I just want to be chased by 14. Have you not seen the hard day's night? It's one I of have. the most famous sequences Can in cinema Can you just say history. 18-year-old girls, maybe? They're not 18 years. They're teenagers. They're teeny boppers. But you not sleep with them. No, you don't sleep with them. Can we get cancelled for this conversation? Probably. Probably. But it's in the film. They're... They're children chasing them around yeah. Piccadilly Circus or wherever the fuck they are. Uh, <laughs> what a shitty circus. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Should We Just Watch It Real Quick, Should your one-stop podcast for couples who watch stuff. I'm Damien Dickhead Gibson. This is Kelly. Big Whoop want to fight about it. This is my catchphrase for Stuka. No, it's no Big Whoop. No Big Whoop. This is my catchphrase, not Seth MacFarlane's for Stuka. (laughs) (laughs) No, I got no Big Whoop on my own. I haven't finished my introduction. Count to ten in Greek. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Actually, Indiana Jones. This is the podcast where we deal in... All spoilers, no facts. No so facts, all spoilers, if baby. If you have not watched the things we're about to talk about, do not listen to our podcast. This is bad. We're just yeah. telling people not to listen to the podcast. Mm. But we will spoil shit. And, and we Everything. will probably spoil things that you didn't even know we were going to talk about. Yeah, it's in the title, man. Like, we, whatever we talk about is in the title. So I would 100% not listen if you don't want spoilers. But then, I mean, yeah. Like, I feel like we do some things that, like, like when we talked about only murders in the building, because we haven't finished the season yet, it's hard to give spoilers for that. Yeah. Also, we're going to um, start doing a thing called rap parties. So, once we finish a season of, of a TV show, mm. we'll come back and revisit it and just have, like, a bit of a girl's chat about what we liked and what we didn't like. Excellent day. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> More time together. Great. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, should we talk about the after party first and then bullet train second? Sure. sure. Uh, we watched this last night. What did you... So the after party is it's a comedy murder mystery anthology television series. Um, it is a very like I was really surprised how much the cast was like 
it was so many people that it's like a super group. Yeah, it's super, like a comedy super group, right? Yeah, massive fucking cast. Um, like like exciting, like where I was like, oh, 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 you know. Um, uh, I can I can't say his last name. Um, Jamie Demetriou. Demetriou. Yep. Yeah, English comic actor, the brother of. Um, uh, from Natasha Dimitriou from uh, What We Do in the, Sh- what we Nadia. Do in the Shadows, but he wrote his own show called Strathlet Flats, yeah, um, which was a big show in the UK, and that's where great. both of those guys got yeah. their their yeah Nadia uh, launch from from um, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, and he was in it, and he was in it for such a short amount of time. I was so disappointed. Like maybe he he he'll come back. He'll yeah. come back yeah. because just it's like watching someone like him, and if oh, he's also in Fleabag, he has like. The big teeth. Hmm. She goes on a date with a guy with, and it, it's such a great scene where she she's always on the bus, and they're always like they they catch the same bus every morning to work, yeah. and he is always smiling at her, and they're always smiling at each other, and then one day she just plucks up the courage to go. All right, we're always on the same train, and then he smiles at her, and he's got the biggest Freddie Mercury teeth. And he's and his voice is so like oh really oh and he's such a dog <laughs> that you're like you just feel your heart crumble where he's such a little weirdo as soon as he like opens his mouth which I absolutely love but just watching someone with that kind of comical timing with these like against American comical actors mm. who are who have a huge you know fucking backlog of stuff they've been on. There's no comparison. Like he's just above, above and beyond the little nooks and crannies of his acting compared to other yeah, people. Yeah, he's where, really nuanced. Right? Oh, he's so good. Mm. And I just was so. Hopefully, we see more of him. But yeah, so it's about. Um, I'm trying to Tiffany think. Tiffany Haddish is the lead. She's a lead detective. Mm. Essentially, in the first five minutes of the episode, we see Dave Franco, who's like this Justin Bieber analog sort of guy. Yeah. Um, he is murdered in his own uh, yeah. mansion. Yeah. And there's a group of uh, – he'd been at his school reunion that night and there's a group of friends from high school who had been at his house who she, are yeah. who all, of course, have a motive and then Tiffany Haddish has to work yeah. out which, which it, person – It's just like Knives Out. It's just like that kind of Knives Out thing. The way I would describe it is like a cross between Knives Out with a touch of only murders in the building. Yeah, I think that's what definitely what they're trying to do. Yeah, it feels yeah. like they're going for that sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm um, probably a little more forgiving of it this morning than I was of it last night. Not that I hated it. I just found myself... Um, I wasn't engaging with any of the characters in the way that I think the writers wanted me it's to. Just, it's just so American. Um, I really – it's just – it was very uh, – hmm. it's very American in the way that every fucking story has to have a love interest story. Hmm. Like if, if this was just a bunch of people at a reunion, like – connecting like you haven't seen anyone in 15 years everyone's got weird different lives if this was people just connecting on a on a level of friendship and getting to know each other again and uh, the the this episode relied heavily on the idea that one guy was trying to get with a girl that he went to um high school with who's now divorced and just it 
just kept, things kept on happening that was getting in the way of that moment where he was trying to give her a kiss. The dream got, yeah. But I, that kind of made sense, I think, in this episode a little bit. So, yeah. not to like counter it. Because that's, this, this was the main guy's motive. Yeah. As far as Tiffany Haddish was like, well, your motive for killing Dave Franco's Justin yeah, Bieber character he was stepping is because in. he was like trying to cut your lunch. Yeah, he's putting the hard work on your love. From, yeah, yeah, dream girl from high school. So I just found that boring. That made sense. Well, I don't. That's the thing, Stu. I agree with you there. I don't think I don't think that bit of the story was written super well because, I mean, I know they've got to establish a lot in a short amount of time, but uh, was it Rachel or whatever her name was? Zoe? The, Zoe. Kept bouncing from the two main guys from Dave Franco and who's the other dude? The main guy? Oh, um, he Veep. played um, Richard Splett. In um, Richard Splett in um, Veep. Yeah. Um, uh, Neek, his name was. I, Anique, I, yeah. You know what it was as well? Because he was a bumbling idiot. Like, because oh, he, he that's what men do when they're in love with a woman. Yeah. They're a bumbling idiot. But really in real life, it's the woman that's the bumbling idiot mm. against the man, you know? But she he, was so cool and just had no idea that he was into her. Um, but there was this thing where they were hanging out. And she was so like, yeah, let's go get some cookies. And there wasn't anything adorable or redeeming about him. Like there was no chemistry between the two of them. Because it made it seem like he was like, oh, my God, I'm in love with her. And she seemed quite boring. And she was like, yeah, let's hang out. Like she was oblivious to his like bumblingness that, oh, Mm. I'm in love with you. Like are you at a school reunion and you're, you're seeing someone you haven't seen in years, you just got divorced, of course you want to bang someone. Of course you want to, like, make mistakes. Like, duh. And she was oblivious and I just felt there was no chemistry between those two and that's why that storyline yeah, annoyed did, me. I agree with that. I I think that some of the stuff you were talking about is purposeful because the thing that I do like about the show is that when they're being interviewed by the detective, each character has their own style of movie. Yeah. Cause she's, you know, but even that, like, it's all kind of introduced – sort of ham-fistedly, that was the thing that kind of put me off initially is like when Tiffany Haddish was walking into the mansion, she's like literally telling us, the audience, to mm. look at certain things. Mm. And that just, to me, that just felt like very, the first half of the show felt very lazy I from felt, a writing standpoint of like, mm. look over there, that's happening. Look over here, this is happening. Look over there, that's happening. I will say this, by the end of the episode, it had done enough for me to watch again. For me to be like, yeah. oh, I, there was enough hooks there for me to be like, I could I could definitely keep watching this. Mm. And this morning, having like you know, when I was walking the dog thingy about it, I was like, there was there were things that were done well, like uh Veep Guy and mm. um uh, John Ralphio. John Ralphio. John Ralphio's in it from uh, um, Parks and Rec. Yeah. And he still plays the same, like, he still plays a character that's very John Ralphio, but without the don't be suspicious, but don't their, be suspicious. But their friendship is important to the story, it feels like, and they did a very good job of making them believable as friends, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, there's some characters that I'm really interested in. Mm. Um. Uh, look, you know, I don't want to be too harsh on this, but I didn't 
I know Tiffany Haddish is going to Tiffany Haddish. Like, if you cast her, that's what you're going to get. She plays the same character every single time yeah. I've seen her in anything. And it's enjoyable. Yeah. But I just, in this show, I don't believe her. Like, I know it's a comedy show, so whatever. But you've got to have, I think if you've got a detective in the show, they mm. need to be somewhat believable. Yeah, it just, right. I, yeah, like, I this really. This isn't like she's, it's not like only murders in the building with like three mm. idiots are just managing to solve Mm. murders because they've got a podcast, a true crime podcast. Only murders seems more believable. Like my suspension of disbelief uh, for only murders, I believe them. I believe that this is how people people do behave. But even though it is farcical, but Tiffany Haddish in this role, I I felt like it was too – I know it's a comedy show, so I feel like a dick saying it, but she was too – comical when she's like interviewing yeah. someone about a murder she's too like she's pulling popcorn out of her purse yeah and, and she's like, too quick like she's too quick going i don't believe you i don't think blah 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 and like it's too like i just ah oh man i feel like it was um i feel like she hammed up too much she yeah. could have just toned it down a bit still being um you know she can still be funny and use context a bit more but i just felt it was too much of a zany police officer, blah, 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 mm. you know, because she played an FBI agent in um, uh, The Weight of an Unbearable Talent yeah. and it wasn't as in your face and that was more believable to me. Like she was a – she still had an uh, had an air of um, comical kind of – you know, mm. she still had a smirk that, that made me kind of go, oh, she's interesting, this is fun. Mm. But it was enough for me to believe that she was a an FBI agent trying to find this, you know, bad bad man. Huh. But in this show, it was just it was ham, ham, ham. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what was taking me out, out of, of it. it. The yeah. two main things that I was meant to be on board with was Tiffany Haddish as the lead, mm. and these guys as a couple. And I understand that it was through the prism of a romantic comedy, and so they were using those tropes. But I, in an, in the romant, in a romantic comedy, the most important thing to get right is the chemistry between the male and female lead, right? Which wasn't there. Which isn't there. Which wasn't there, concerns. and also the guy who plays Richard Richard Splett <laughs> is he's incredible in Veep. His character in that is like a dumb idiot, but very very sure of himself, mm. but so fucking likable. Richard Splett is a unbelievable likable character with still the bumblingness and idiotness and and here he plays a similar character but it doesn't have the um zazazu that he does mm. in veep like it's too um self-conscious too bumbly and um just not charismatic enough mm. to be the lead that wants to slam the vice principal in this show the things that i do like is um Ben Schwartz is really good in it so far. Yes, he's playing Ben Schwartz, but I really enjoy Again, that. Yeah. Dave Franco is the best he's thing great. in the show. Yeah, he's really good. Like taking the piss out of himself. Yeah. Also taking the piss out of people like Justin Bieber. Uh, that um, the I keep going to say Starsky and Hutch. That Hall and Oates Tally movie that yeah. he stars in. Yeah. All I kept thinking was. I just want to see more of that Hall and Oates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I want to see that. I want to see 
a co- like a comedy Hall and Oates movie yeah. starring Dave Franco and Channing Tatum. But you know what? That's funny. As Hall and Oates. That's funny because when movies, when movies, Hollywood m- movies or Hollywood TV shows take the piss out of themselves and do that kind of stuff, that's really funny. Yeah. Like it's like Tropic Thunder. You know that uh, the um, when they do the fake movies. Yeah. Um, the best one is when the um, uh, the Russell. Uh, Russell, oh, fuck my Crow. brain. Russell, the Russell Crowe character, yeah. which is the Robert Downey Jr. character, the Aussie, yeah. blue-eyed. Like when he, when they do the film where it's like two monks, when yes. I have like yeah. are in love, yeah, like yeah. and it's that that song that goes, like I remember watching that Tropic Thunder at the at the movies and just going the fake movies that they were making hmm. were so funny and I always enjoy that when Hollywood takes the piss out of themselves because they do take themselves too seriously and they do you know give lifetime achievement awards to people that have achieved you know basic cinema stuff which yeah. seems a bit weird. For- Burt Ward, who played Robin in the Batman '66 show. I mean, the best the best example of that is like I know this is a massive tangent, but when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were hosting, I think it was like the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. and um, they were like George Clooney is here tonight, you know, with his wife Aman. Is it Aman? Aman? Oh, oh God. Anyway, and you know, and um, he's you know his wife is a you know. Um, a lawyer for the UN who and they like ran off all the stuff she had done where she had you know human rights lawyer for the UN had done this had done that had done that tonight we are honoring her husband <laughs> 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 like just such a perfect like that kind of humor makes is what is the best where it's like you guys take yourselves too seriously you know like the you know and, and it was really amplified by Will Smith at the Oscars you know, where he definitely took himself too seriously, you know. Why? What did he do? Oh, my God. I can't, I don't even want to get into Will Smith. I just can't. I really want to watch King Richard, but I just cannot watch it. Because, no, man, he's done. Because Will Smith um, is a fuckhead. Yeah, he's done. Um, So. How many grumps? Yeah, well, I just. W- oh, no. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, I think, um, I think this show has potential. Yeah. And I would definitely. Give it more than one episode. We're going off one yeah. episode, so I think there's more there, especially with the depth of the cast. And I think like there were glimpses of really good writing and stuff there. Um, I just think there were maybe a couple of chemistry problems with the cast. Yeah. If you're if you've finished only murders in the building and you're looking for something similar ish, mm. this might be. Yeah. This might be some like if you're into murder mysteries. If you watch, you know what? If you watch Knives Out, the two Knives Out films, yeah, and you're looking for something up. a bit yeah. more similar to that. Th- this is for you. You know what annoys me though? Ninety percent Rotten Tomatoes, and 90%. I that ninety percent. So look, you know what? We'll ca- I'm going to keep watching just because I want to see if it's worth that ninety percent. I really feel like Rotten Tomatoes, all those critic based stuff. I really feel like it is such a wank fest. Because they're like, oh, look at the cast, you know. It's this young, comedic, diverse cast. And because they're a bunch of, like, wankers just jerking each other off. Like, I just feel like not that 90% so far seems like the biggest circle jerk. Hmm. You know, like, it's like, oh, well, it has to be. I mean, it's so good because of the, the cast. Well, it's like you're lacking chemistry with the two main players in the first episode. Hmm. How is that 90%? But it's just that, again, it's that circle jerk when – 
when we did um, Renwick, that had like 53% and the Renfield. Ca- Renfield. <laughs> The vampire movie that was like fifty something percent on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. I don't know how that got. I don't and know how that got. That was like so in from the get go. I'm in every character, every relationship is so fucking well defined. Mm. No doubt, I had no issues at all with that film. Yeah. It was so good. I'm like, what? Do what? Because it wasn't cool enough. What? Because you had Nicolas Cage in it. Is that why it's fifty percent? Because he's like not cool. Fuck off. Yeah, well, we'll talk about. I think we can continue to talk about this when we talk about Bullet Train, but yeah, that's, that, that, I want to. Yeah, that's this is going to come up again in Bullet Train yeah. as well. But I think like um, it's not so far. It's not bad. It's it didn't blow me away. But I think it's something that you could invest some time into. Maybe those reviewers are basing it on the whole of the first season or both seasons. I'm not sure, but ninety percent seems. I don't pay any attention to Rotten Tomatoes. And also, Rotten Tomatoes is owned by the parent company who owns Warner Brothers. So, if you know what I mean, like uh, mm. this is an Apple Plus show. So, I don't know what the crossover is there. Maybe people just really loved it. I don't know. Maybe we're wrong. No, they're wrong. Everyone's wrong. So, Bullet Train. Uh, mm. This was another one of those films where uh, I just put it on. And mm. I was like, I really want to watch this film. I've wanted to watch it for like a year. So, if you want to watch it, you can. Maybe we could do it for the podcast. And I felt like the first 10, 15 minutes, you were like, what the fuck is this bullshit fucking I... action boys movie that he's watching? I know. And then by about the 20th minute, you were in, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I reckon I'd, I'd heard like bad reviews about it. And it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd heard I'd... kind of bad reviews like, oh, it doesn't, like, oh, it's so stupid or, oh, it's dumb. So I just remember hearing bad reviews, and I thought I just it want was to preface it like it is stupid, yeah, and it is dumb, yeah, but that's a design, yeah, not a bug, yeah, the, correct. That's the right? most Look, true thing you've ever said. It's a design, not a bug. That that's yeah. the that's the point. Yeah, that's the film from the first second of the film, you know what the tone is and what to expect. Like I had no idea that the tone of this film would be as zany as it was. Because no, I, I didn't know that going into the film. Yeah. But as soon as the film started, it was pretty Obvious apparent. Like oh, it, this is oh yeah, it's silly. This is what this film. Like is, I right? thought it was going to be more of a um, Fast and Furious type film, like Bullet Train, but da 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 dun. You know, yeah, like a Die Hard film. And I'm like, as soon as it started, Brad Pitt was being an idiot, like. You know, not not like in a crazy way, but just like the tone was set immediately that this was a fun, silly film that was filled with blood, guts, gore, whatever, and fight scenes and swords and guns or whatever. I was like, it like it was no, there was no um, misconstruing that the tone of this film was silly. And then I just remember hearing stuff where people were like, "Oh, it's dumb." Like, and I thought they went, it's dumb as in it's a dumb movie. Like, it's a dumb Fast and Furious movie. Mm. But it was, like, funny. No, it's got a much better plot than that. 100% better the, plot. The story is actually, for an action film, I, look, I, I feel like there's a lot of, and I don't want to sound like, you know, old man yelling at clouds here, but I feel <laughs> like there's a, a new generation of reviewers who don't pick up on things like um, uh, irony, uh you know, sarcasm, uh, like mm. things like that where it's like this is – this film feels like a 
like I'm surprised the the podcast I listen to all the time, Action Boys, hasn't talked about this film because mm. it is a hundred percent an eighties action film. Mm. Like there's uh, there's one scene that uses some CGI. The vast majority of it is yeah. like it's all condensed on a train. The whole thing happens on a train, mm. essentially, until the last sort of five minutes of the of the film. Um, there are like there's a bunch of hitmen who all we find out later have been by design brought onto this bullet train to essentially take each other out. And it's all part of this like Yakuza, so Japanese mafia mm. um, story that's been going on for decades. But like the, and it, and these sort of hapless hitmen are like caught in mm. the middle of it. Right. Mm. I just want to point, Brad Pitt's fantastic in this film. Brad Pitt is great in everything that he does, but I just wanted to point out three people in this cast. Mm. Joey King, who plays Prince. Gosh, so she's she, so good. She plays this oh. uh, femme fatale, like, she's obviously in her early 20s, but she plays up this, like, sort of Japanese schoolgirl. Like, I'm just a little girl and but I But she's can't British. Be- Hello. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, oh, she's, she's amazing. So I don't know how to describe the type of character. It's like a femme fatale, but also, like, she's a... Chi- like she acts like a child. It's hard to. I was of thinking of um, Kill Bill a lot in this film, hmm. where um, stylistically it takes a lot from Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But like this girl, she's like twenty four. She's so fucking good, man. She was she's in, great. She's um, what was the film. movie? Uh, the Act. So in the Act, you know the film where her mum. Mm-hmm. That's story. The true story about the mum, the Munchausen by proxy mum. Oh, fuck, man. And she plays, like, when you watch her in that, she's this, like, little girl. Like, her voice is so, like, hi, mum. Like, and then you watch her in this and she's this British. And then there were scenes where she spoke Japanese. I'm like, this fucking kid is good. Yeah. She's she's excellent. Really, really, really And I found it so – I was excited to watch her on screen. See, I don't hate women, okay? Because I loved (laughs) – I I love watching her. She was so charismatic – and the character was so evil, yeah. but like charming. Oh man, she's great. She she's really good. But the character itself, the character itself, like Prince, yeah. was a very good character to play. Yeah, fuck yeah. man, so and good. The fact that she ends up being so Michael Shannon is like the big bad guy who we only see right at the end of the film, and he's fantastic. But the two other people that I really think own this film. And the reason why I probably will watch it again in the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks mm. is uh, Brian Tyree uh, Henry. Um, he plays Lemon and Aaron Taylor Johnson plays Tangerine. They are mm. brother hitmen. Yeah. English as well. Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson's performance in this film Ugh. is fucking amazing. If you have seen him in anything else – so. You would have seen him when he was much younger in Kick-Ass or Kick-Ass 2. Um, you would have seen him play John Lennon in Nowhere Boy, uh, which is a fantastic, probably the best Beatles film ever made, I think, in terms of like truth and reality and painting John kind of like how he really was. These guys are so charismatic, so funny. They hold the tone of the film in their hands and they do such a fucking good job with it. I, I can't stop thinking about the film and how mm. much I fucking loved it. Like this, this film is 
100% designed for somebody like me who loves action movies from the 70s and 80s and 90s. Mm. And like it feels like it's made by people who also love those kind of films. But with a sheen of like, uh, I don't know, like a sheen of meta-ness and intellectuality it's, there that yeah. isn't in... Um, you know, I'm not saying it's like dealing on a on a fourth or fifth level or anything like that, but there's enough happening in the story to keep you interested yeah. right up until the end. There's a bunch of different plots that are all are meeting towards the same place, yeah. which and, I fucking love. And then there's almost an epilogue, like the last ten minutes of the film is almost like this um, epilogue of the, of the film where they just push the accelerator down to the floor of the fucking car mm. and. and if you haven't gotten to that point in the film where, like, Brad Pitt is literally, like, jumping a bullet train off the tracks into a Japanese village on purpose. Mm. Like, it, there's a sna- there's this, like, MacGuffin snake that keeps, like, slithering around the whole train. Mm. And that He keeps showing up at different points. Like, if you haven't worked out the tone of the film by the last 15 minutes of the film and worked out that everything that has happened here is purposeful... Mm. And you haven't had a good time Crazy. watching this. Yeah. I don't know what you want from a movie. What do you want from us? This is what do you exactly want? like I wish I'd watched this film in the cinema. It would no, have been yeah. such a fucking good time mm. on the big screen with an audience. Mm. Like I, I can't believe this film. This film on IMDb has a meta score of forty nine percent. That's- Crazy. 49. That's fucking crazy. Right. The audience score is 7.9, which is probably closer. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying this is the greatest film of all time, but, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts where you have, like, you know, people screaming for, like, I'm so sick of comic book movies. I don't want to watch it. I'm I'm over superheroes. Yeah. Well, you got one. This film came out last year. Yeah. Where you could go to the cinemas and have a great time, eat popcorn, you know, it's a completely original story. There's no fucking existing IP in this film. It's stylized to the yeah. fuck. Like, it's so good to look at. It's yeah. such a good-looking film as well. The cast is amazing. Sandra Bullock's in this fucking film. Yeah. Like, you, but you don't see her until the end of the film. Yeah, with a kick-ass haircut. She looks great. She looks amazing. The the cameos in this, like, mm. I won't actually spoil all of the cameos. Uh, because really? that's it's part of the fun of the film, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you, I don't think many people would have watched this film, you know, listening to us. So I don't want to spoil everything to do with it because those some of those cameos are super, super fun. But if you want to have a good time watching a movie, it's Sunday morning as we're recording this. You need to sit down with your partner tonight and watch a dumb, fun, stupid, awesome movie. Bullet Train is that film. I fucking love this film, Sticks. Dude, I, love I yeah, uh, man. Well, I was just saying my suspension of disbelief with After Party just wasn't there. I couldn't do it enough. Like, mm. I just – it wasn't believable to me. To But this film here, I was I, – I don't know. I can't articulate why this film here I really was totally able to believe – it was so farcical, everything about it. Because they set and the so rules in like the first five minutes. They set the rules right? at the These very are beginning. the rules of this story world. Yeah, that anything which goes. Which is essentially there are no rules. Yeah. And that anything so can I, happen. Yeah, so, so I'm on board. strap yourself in yeah. and enjoy the ride. That's what it is. You're right on the money. There you go. Very good. I love you. It's that they set the rules at the beginning. And I think with the after party, 
they set the rules at the beginning that this is a, you know, a, a murder mystery mm. and that everything's a- like, you know, there's a love interest and everything's so fu- – it's funny but serious and this is like real life and then when things happen that don't seem like real life, I'm thrown out of it. Mm. But this one here, it immediately set it up that everything is silly and bright and fun and anything goes – but also the way that there's different storylines that are all connected mm. that meet each other throughout the film can like consistently yeah, it's meet cool. each other. And then the idea because they're on the train. So the idea that Brad Pitt knows shit's going down and he's trying to get off the train yeah. and the things that make it so he can't get off this fucking train are insane. Are insane but also and funny. Kind of believable and funny. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. And just the way, man, I just, and this is why I've always loved Seinfeld because Seinfeld will always do three different stories every episode mm. and they all meet at the end at the, at the, they all meet at the end. Yeah. And that for me has always been really good writing. Yeah. And I know that there's a payoff. I'll stay till the end because I know everything that happens. Every, why did this person open the door? Why did this person, let the snake out. Why did this happen? Like all the hmm. different things that happen, I had so much faith that they knew exactly what they were doing and everything would be tied up at the end with a meaning or a purpose. There was no loose ends. That's good. That's no. fun. In a film where there could have quite easily have been. I just want to, the last thing I want to say about the film and then mm. we'll give our reviews. Brad Pitt is so fucking good in this film. Mm. And if you compare his performance in this film to... Um, Hollywood. Yeah, Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood, which came out like a year and a yeah. half before this. It is it is a really good example of how broad his range is. And I know people will be like, oh, well, you you just get Brad Pitt. You're complaining about getting Tiffany Haddish and everything. You only get Brad Pitt and everything. Mm. In this film, he's playing a train killer who essentially at his soul is an Instagram philosopher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's gone to a meditation retreat and he's changed and he just wants to like and, – and it's a, it's a character thing that he does throughout the whole film where he's trying to talk people off ledges mm. and talking about going through – like between us right now there's a wall and all I need you to do is to step through the window. Ah, fuck, door. Like he's <laughs> constantly – he's like all these people on Instagram who are like, you know, living in Bali on $3 a day telling us how we should live our lives and all that sort of thing. But in this film, like, you can tell at his core, this character is a good guy. He doesn't really Mm. want to be involved in all of this. He just wants to walk away, but this is the life that he's in. We don't know why. We don't need to know why, right? Like, we don't need any backstory or anything like that. We just know that he is a trained kid, like he's mm. a, a killer for hire, mm. but he doesn't really want to be in this job. He just wants to get away from it. This is, yeah. In uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he is like kind of pretending to be this normal guy. He's just this stuntman, but deep down, he's a kind of fucked up dude who yeah. doesn't care about whether people live or die or not. And if you read the book that Quentin wrote, uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood novelization that he wrote of his own film, which sounds gross and uh, up his own ass, but it's actually a great movie, a great book. You'll see that that character is even more fucked up. So I just like juxtapositioning his like two performances in those two films really sh- like, I don't know. I just, 
I love Brad Pitt. I think he has like mm. an internal range that is that comes across on screen better than most movie stars. People talk a lot about Tom Cruise and how much they love watching Tom Cruise. Mm. And I get that. He is a mm. movie star. Mm. But Brad Pitt has like an emotional internal range that you see on the screen in every role that he's in. Mm. I just think he is criminally mm. underrated. Why don't you marry him? I fucking would. Have you seen him? <laughs> Have you seen Brad, Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt was my first big crush. Yeah, of Brad course Pitt, he was. Look Brad Pitt, him. Interview the Vampire, yeah. was my first, yeah. like, I am i don't know what jerking off is, but God, <laughs> I'm going to start. Because I just, I had posters of him in my room, like, I was just, oh, in love with him. And this was, like, before Legends of the Fall, man. Yeah. Like, if, you know, and then it was like, oh, Brad Pitt, blah, blah, blah. Um, the only thing with Brad Pitt that annoys me is that I think maybe it was for this film or the publicity for this film. He would always turn up at like the, you know, the um, sort of uh, what's it called? Premiere. Mm. Like, you know, in like big kind of Asian fisherman's pants and like, you know, socks with thongs and just turn like he like this like came across as this like eccentric rich hot guy he is <laughs> and but like but like a real weirdo like it's like uh, i don't think anyone around him is really being honest with him about his behavior in terms of i think that he's just like there's a bit, there was a few things that came out where he was um yeah really like he's really up himself and you know like a, i'm trying to i don't know who to kind of correlate him to but like um you know when someone's just like kind of like a Jim Morrison type mm. where just, um, you know, too good looking, too rich, too powerful, getting too much like a weirdo who thinks he can get away with murder. Like, you know, he would say things where you're like, oh, you're gross, like gross old man. He had this, there was a behavior coming from him that was a little bit gross old man. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're fucking 50 something. You're not 20. You know, like, I don't know. There was just something about him, him, his public persona that was starting to really great with me. So I'm not in love with him as much as you are because of that. Oh, but I he is great in this film. I don't pay any attention to people's public personas. I'm just talking well, you should because there's some fucking shit-ass people out there like Will Smith. So, you know. if you Why? Don't... What did Will Smith do? Ah. Anyway, so this film was um, – <laughs> I, <clears throat> I love action movies. I – Barely, you know, it feels like most action movies now just get made for streamers and it's always got Chris Hemsworth in it. Um, this is a proper action film. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it's the most comic book movie that doesn't rely on existing IP. Those twins are good, aren't they? I've ever seen. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, they're so they're good. They're so good. They're so fucking The performances in this film. Yeah. It's like, it's like good guy Richie. Combined with yes. a touch of Quentin Tarantino, yes. t- uh, combined with uh, a few of the guys who worked on John Wick worked on this film, but don't let that put you off. It's not John Wick's good. Yeah, yeah, I know John Wick is good, but it's it's a. I think it's it's more fun than that. It's not like John Wick is a pretty dour film. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting any laughs out of John Wick. Also, uh, the, but it's also this guy did um, the second Deadpool, and in that it's got that yeah. same humor about it. Yeah, yeah, which works for me. Like it's the fast-paced, silly. Don't let that put you off either. Yeah. It's better than that. 
Like it's funnier than I mean, I really like the Deadpool films, but don't think like, oh, this is a comic book guy who's coming in and it's a great fun action film. I, I fucking love this. I'm gonna give it four and a half grams. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm gonna give it four. Um, I would probably would have gotten a half if um, I didn't think Brad Pitt has turned into a creepy old man. Oh, God. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, but it's good. It's good, man. I just it's it been a while. It's been a while since it's been, been a while. while since I've seen a film. Like normally, TV shows are making me come right now. Um, but it's been a while since I watched a film. That I was like, like I like the Flash, and you know, I like Barbie, I like Neo Joe, like you know, I've I've just kind of liked a lot of things, mm. but it's been a while since I saw a film where I, yeah, when I watched a film where I was like, this is different, it's fun, it's silly, and mm. I genuinely, genuinely was like, fuck, man, this is nuts. The cast is amazing. Cast. It feels like they're being allowed to do. Like mm. to really have fun with their characters, but not to the point where it overtakes the film. Um, I think it's like a masterful action film. You know why I think like, I genuinely think it's one of the better action films made in the last five years, along with uh, John Wick. Like they're, they're probably the best two action. You films know in why? The last five, six years. Yeah, I think you should watch it, guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. If you guys. want to help us, you can do that by rating and reviewing uh, on Apple Podcasts, really. It's really the only place that, that counts. But Spotify have it too, and that helps. Mm. Um, yeah. Tell your friends, share. Tell your friends. Tell everyone, share. Listen, post, review. Give us five stars. Little, <laughs> yellow, mm. different. Mm. Um, All right. All right, let's go. All right, I love you. Love you.